And now, a dramatic presentation of Worlds of Power, Bionic Commando, written by FX9. Dedication. Dedicated to my bionic nephews, Ted and Dan. Chapter 1. Jack Markson stood by a huge window of the Federation penthouse in Buenos Aires. He looked out at the setting sun, hovering over the rooftops of the city. He hadn't felt peace like this for months. Not since he started the mission against the Nas. Jack ran his hand through his short brown hair and thought back to the early hours of the day. Before sunrise, he and his partner, Super Joe, had burst into the hiding place of the Nas terrorist organization. The surprise raid had netted them every important Nas leader. Only one thing had slipped through their hands. The plans for the Albatross. A weapon of destruction so powerful it could wipe out the world. Jack turned around as Super Joe came through the penthouse door, carrying four boxes of hot pizza. He was still wearing his green commando uniform and looked like he needed a shower. Bad. Looks like sunset for the Naz, huh, Jack? Super Joe said, looking out the window. Sure does, Jack said. I'm glad I'm not spending the night in that Argentine jail with them. It looked pretty grim. They're getting what they deserve, Joe said, opening up the pizza and starting to eat. And we're getting what we deserve. This stuff is great. Jack let his mind wander back to the other places that he and Joe had spent time in on missions. They went back a long way together. Ten years ago, they had met in Federation spy school as green recruits. Since then, they had shared a lot of adventure and a lot of danger. Through it all, Jack had learned to trust Joe, and there's nothing more important in the spy game than trust. How are we going to explain to the captain about Albatross? The captain already knows. I, I talked to him while you were gone. He's worried that some other power-hungry madman has gotten a hold of the plans. You mean Kilt? Right. Generalissimo kill it. Federation's top enemy. And the biggest maniac to ever threaten the free world. Jack turned around and saw that Joe was frozen in place. He seemed to be listening to something. What's the matter? Then Jack stopped. He sensed it too. Danger. Get down! Two bullets whizzed overhead. You okay? Yeah. I guess I owe you one, buddy. You owe me two, buddy. Don't forget I saved you from that Naz torture squad last week. Jack started to grin, in spite of their danger. For years, he and Joe had been keeping count. Jack knew that things were getting serious. Snipers! You think they're alone? No chance. I've got a gut feeling Kilt is behind this. And I'll bet our little vacation is over. I'm running for cover! He sprung across the room like a panther. He felt his muscles tighten with tension. Seconds later, the door to the penthouse slammed open. Five ninjas dressed in black from head to toe jumped inside the room. Jack saw the red eagles embroidered on their jackets. It was the symbol of bad. The ninjas advanced, their sharp pronged shurikens glinting in their hands. The sharpened steel of a throwing star could kill in an instant. It's bad, all right. Hey, they may be bad. But we're worse. There was no time to laugh. Five more ninjas jumped into the room. They marched forward, slicing the air with their swords. Jack's commando instincts told him to use his gun. But his code of honor held him back. He would never fire a gun against an enemy first. Not even a bad. Jack searched the room for another weapon. On the wall behind him, he saw a ninja sword. Silently, he thanked the Federation decorator and grabbed the sword. Jack centered his concentration on his sword, following what the ninja masters at the Federation school had taught him. Then he slashed at the air in front of him, making the sword a blur of steel. Both ninjas drew back in fear. A sound at the door stopped them all in their tracks. A figure in black silk and leather strode through the door. It was Kilt. Ah, captures him alive! A rush of adrenaline coursed through Jack's body as he saw Joe captured. He tried to move across the room to help Joe, but the five ninjas coming toward him with their sword blocked his way. Stealthily, like a cat, Jack crept towards the huge glass window. An idea was forming in his mind. A desperate idea, but all that he could think of. Give yourself up, Jack Markson. There's no way out of this this time. We are going to take you as our hostages. If the Federation tries to stop us, you will die. Jack looked over at Super Joe, trying to read his thoughts. Joe's eyes told him to escape any way he could. Capture them!
One ninja drew out a shuriken and pointed its sharpened steel spikes at Jack's throat. Jack looked over at Joe one last time, hoping he would understand. Then Jack sprang towards the glass wall with a cry like a wild animal. His body shattered the glass and flew through the huge gaping hole. Jack felt the air rush out of his lungs as he spiraled towards the ground 20 floors below. His mind crept near panic as he thought of the small place he was aiming towards. Looking up at the penthouse, he saw a ninja standing at the broken window, holding a shuriken in his hand. The last thing he saw was the ninja's arm flashing out. Then, all was darkness. This concludes Chapter 1 of Worlds of Power. Bionic Commando. To find out what happens next, stay tuned to watch out for fireballs. Super Gary. And this is Super Cole. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs, and that is a retro video games podcast. And today we're going to be talking about Bionic Commando, which is a platformer developed by Capcom for the NES in 1988. Right, and this is a, uh, a remake or a port. Um, it's kind of unclear exactly what the relationship is um, with an arcade game that shared its name, but really few of its mechanics aside from swinging and shooting. So it's kind of a tangential relationship. And and the arcade game is way worse. Have you played that? Have you, did I, you do any of that I, in the research? I played it as part of a uh, as part of a collection that came out for the Wii a couple years ago. Um, and it is like substantially worse. Yeah, it's not a fun game. Yeah, no. But uh, in the NES game, you play as Lad Spencer, a soldier with a grappling hook arm, who is tasked with rescuing his mentor, Super Joe, uh, which makes this a sequel to the game Commando, which was on arcades and NES as well. I have a lot to say about Commando. We'll talk about that when we get, you know, later. That, that's interesting because I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it, so it'll be good to, <laughs> to shorten my, my weakness. Kind of famously, this is a, a platformer, but you don't do any jumping, which is kind of the defining mechanic of most platformers. Instead, uh, you shoot your grappling hook out at an angle, and you can grab objects in the environment and swing towards your destination. So this leads to a lot of verticality, to a lot of uh, unconventional level design, which is uh, which is really what this uh, uh, game is known for, uh, in addition to its difficulty. Uh, the levels themselves feature comm rooms where you communicate with allied agents or hijack enemy communications, and every level ends with a, a boss encounter that can be won anticlimactically by destroying a generator at the back of the room. Right, and, and the other thing, you know, when you're talking about the level design, have you seen this game's levers? Um, we're talking <laughs> about the lever design. The uh, uh, the levels are really varied, and uh, you know you kind of go between them in this kind of overland map, kind of like you know Mario Brothers three via helicopter. And during this time, you can be intercepted by enemy trucks, and if so, you start a top-down shooter level that is kind of a throwback to Commando. In Japan, the game was originally called The Resurrection of Hitler: Top Secret, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which is uh, crazy. 
crazy yeah. balls. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but nearly sequel to the 1980s film Top Secret. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a, a sequel to the uh, 1990s Popcorn Pop Secret. <laughs> Uh, resurrection of hitler pop secret (laughs) resurrection of flavor like like that just sounds like like the name of uh like of of the band and album of 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 like a a a neo-nazi punk band that was featured in american history x Uh, (laughs) but uh stomp along everybody top secret by the the beat (laughs) top secret by the resurrection of hitler um so Nearly all references to Nazism were removed from the uh, th- from the American version of the game due to uh, Nintendo's stringent, uh, um, you, you know, uh, censorship policies. Swastikas were replaced with eagles, and Hitler was renamed to Master D, which uh, ironically was Hitler's actual rap name. Um, I was going to make that same joke. I was just waiting for you to end that sentence so I can make that same dumb joke. Sorry. <laughs> like it's just going to be like, and he's no longer a dictator. And he is one of, uh, he is the Heavy D featured in Heavy D and the Boys. <laughs> in a way, the Nazis were the Boys. Was the heavy D. <laughs> so, uh, there's other stuff, but, you know, some stuff, like, do we even, do we even need to mention that, like, there are things that got past the radar? Like, the fact that eagles that replaced the swastikas are still Nazi symbolism, and there was also exploding Hitler head? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll mention, I, you know, <laughs> I think it's safe to say, spoiler, we will mention an exploding Hitler head yeah. in this podcast, being one of the, you know, the uh, kind of watermarks like the, of any history. Like, so. not even just watermark, like, just the, the, the defining moment of an era, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And the, the era is 1940s Germany. Um, <laughs> so, um, th- this game was also, it was, it was remade uh, several times, and uh, for the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color, as well as for Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network. And on, on those versions, it's called Bionic Commando Rearmed. Um, it only had one real sequel in 2009. And in that sequel, uh, your wife is actually your bionic arm. Which, is, as somebody who has recently lost a wife, um, not, not, not through death or anything, that just was going to get real dark real quick. Um, I can say the hardest part about losing your wife is uh, losing your arm. So, <laughs> Find, finding yeah. out that she is indeed part of you. Uh, Yes. No. Um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the uh, the plot? Cool. Well, the plot is actually based on a documentary of a little-known uh, infantry unit in World War II uh, called the Bionic Unit. You are part of that. You are Lad Spencer. Uh, who fights for the Federation? Uh, because you, you know, because you have the special talent, specifically having a bionic arm with a grappling hook on it, you are chosen to infiltrate enemy territory and rescue the famed hero Super Joe from quote the bads. That's with two Ds, one B, two Ds. Right, right. And in the, the Japanese version, I think they were called like the NAS. Or something that it, the Nas. It was something closer to Nazis. Yeah, in the in the in the American manual, they call them the Nas. Right, not right. They, had, they had God-given ass, um, but Ziggy played guitar. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> so, um, and and yeah, so, so you follow these in the game. You kind of follow these these clues from embedded agents and from uh, you know the wiretaps, and you discover the the whereabouts of Super Joe and the plans of General Killet, and uh, he wants to revive Master D to complete work on a huge weapon of mass destruction called the Albatross. So after you discover these things, you rescue Super Joe, and together you two raid the bad 
base. Uh, General Killett, when you encounter him at the end with Hitler in a big tank, he thinks that he's extracted enough ne- enough of the necessary knowledge uh, from Master D. Uh, I'm sorry, Hitler, Master D, I get the two confused. But Master D revives fully <laughs> and begins to pilot the Albatross. Luckily, Lad has a, a bionic arm of the necessary length to destroy the Albatross. Um, he blows up Master D's head in a helicopter with a rocket launcher and then escapes from the exploding base by grappling onto an escaping helicopter while holding Super Joe and Super Joe lives to tell the story years later. And, and, uh, and we'll talk about it, but as a serious contender for best NES ending, like the, the <laughs> sequence leading up to it, not just like the actual ending sequence, but man, the end of this game is just, just amazing. Yeah. Um, so this, this being a platformer and there not being that much plot, um, we're going to talk about the different areas um, some of them definitely kind of blend together a little bit for me. So we're going to kind of just mix up and kind of talk about the mechanics as they present themselves. And, uh, yeah, and kind of, kind of go through. So the, the, uh, the first area, the areas are just numbered as well, which makes it kind of hard to, uh, to differentiate them. We'll do the best that we can to say like green hill zone and cave level and yeah, enemy yeah, base. We'll, we'll use know. hallmarks that you, you'll understand and that we understand as well. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the first area is area one, uh, appropriately. And uh, you know, this is this is when you start. The music kicks up. The music is really good oh, in this so game. I, I really like it. Um, it's really acclaimed. I was reading. I, I can't remember the name of the composer right offhand, but um, it was a female composer, which is interesting because it was kind of rare at the time. And uh, it's really praised for this use of military elements. And the, as soon as you're being lowered um, onto Area One, this kind of uh, uh, snare roll, military snare roll, kind of kicks up, and it, it just sounds great. And uh, as soon as you know, you start walking forward, and there's just a, a waist high waist high block and remember this is in the nes days where you know pre-gears of war where like waist high fences didn't uh stop all <laughs> movement so uh you, you know at this point you hit a to jump if you're like a clueless kid and you don't want to play and your grappling hook comes out and you you swing past the block yeah and kind of history is made <laughs> a generation is defined no this this first level does a really really good job of kind of teaching you the different mechanics and uh kind of uh letting you kind of navigate there are relatively few enemies and you know very very few tricky jumps and lots of safe places to swing to uh one of the first real leaps of faith that, the, that you have to make which i remember uh so dearly from my childhood is uh swinging over a street light um, which, you know, lets you, you know, lets you cross this seemingly insurmountable gap, um, which makes you feel like a badass, but also lets you know that like everything in this environment, like there's no such thing as background elements. Everything can be like swung to. Right. Right. And when you, when you talk about the, the kind of challenge, you know, challenges and, and obstacles in this part being kind of easy, um, it's a really nice ramp up. I mean, the, the, the bad guys are all, um, at this point are all very fragile. And, uh, you know, just die, die in one hit. Kind of counterbalancing that, though, you are almost equally as fragile. Yes. And uh, the game never really uh, telegraphs this, I don't I don't feel like. And it's probably in the manual, which I, I've not read. But it, it is not. It is not? Okay. Um, when, you, when you kill enemies, they drop items that I later found out were bullets. And they just kind of look like little bottles. Um, and collecting these at certain increments, you get another uh, addition to your life bar. So it's kind of got the, those, like, RPG elements to it. Um, you know, it's not quite like a straight up platform, like a Contra or a Mario. Um, right. there, there are items and there, there's level advancement. Yeah, there, there, there is a good, there's a good level of persistence and progression actually, which is, which is, which is good because it nicely matches your, uh, repertoire of swinging skills that you kind of put together. 
you know, pr pretty well, especially the, diff the different weapons that you get. You start out with kind of this, you know, basic pea shooter, but uh, later on you pick up weapons that we'll talk about later. Um, you know, each each level that you that, that you that you beat gives you gives you a different item or so to uh, you know to you know to encounter everything with. Man, I really don't like how inscrutable the systems are, and this is something that we can say about NES games in general, but uh, but uh, especially when you get to to the later segments with the uh, with the communicators and things like that. Um, it really, really gets uh, kind of bad. The first time I played this, you know, it was, it was uh, maybe five years ago or so, and uh, you have to visit the communication room in this first first level in order to open the door to the base. There's nothing that really indicates that, and if you're not, because of this verticality of the levels, if you're not expecting that or you're not purposely checking every nook and cranny, it's easy to miss. Yeah. And the most frustrating thing, though, is that nothing that they say in the communication room leads you to think that it's opened the door. In fact, the, the, the allied agent says, ignore all dangers and proceed to door. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you're going to use, like, like there, there are, there's a limited number of characters you can put either on the screen or into an NES cart. Why would you say ignore all dangers? Ignoring all dangers is the last thing you should do in any NES game. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to say ignoring danger is one of the worst pieces of advice ever in, in just the history of advice. Like since you know, Advisocles came down from the mountains, is, is, you know, never, never ignore all dangers. And and the when so and then when you hack the the communicator, um, it's like it's one of you hear over here one soldier saying, uh, you know, I can't remember how to get in the door, and the, the colonel says, don't you remember the number? And then that's it. So presumably you get the number yeah. from that, and that's how you open the door. But there's nothing to spell that out, right. nothing at all. It's just they, um, they they conserve they conserve text in just the in ways that are so detrimental to you understanding what happens. There's text there, but it's almost entirely useless. Right, and and you could easily with the same number. It's a it's a localization problem. Like yeah. you could with the same number of characters make this coherent. Yeah. Um, as such, it leads to a lot of like pretty funny turns of phrase, but. <laughs> None, almost none of which is useful. Right. Like if they say go to zone eight, that's useful, <laughs> and anything else is total bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like one thing that's like notable about this though is this is massive for a first level. Like yeah. It, it's yeah. It, it it is a three stage first level for it for an NES game. Right. You know, right. it has yeah. the outside, the inside, and then and then the boss arena. So the uh, the interior area, I remember, you know, looking more or less like I, I thought it would. Um, there's, you know, like an elevator you can ride down. It just kind of looks like a, a generic base. There are kind of never ending parachuting bad guys <laughs> in it, which uh, can par can kind of clip through floors and ceilings and everything. Yeah. Which uh, you know is kind of an artificial challenge, but it works pretty well. Um, one thing that's true about Bionic Commando throughout the whole game is that it's not about um, slowing down and considering your shots and kind of eliminating the enemies so you can explore. Like you always have to be moving forward yeah. in this game because the enemy is never going to stop and uh, you always have to be making progress. So this level does a really good job of kind of setting that pace, which continues throughout the game. This game is about momentum. That is yeah. the theme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. And the, um, and after you know you kind of get through these these uh these enemies you know you you climb an, you go down an elevator shaft and then go up another shaft again with that, that verticality, you know and this is post Metroid that's not uh, uh, totally unheard of but it's still pretty pretty rare yeah. at this point to have that kind of uh, scrolling. Um, you end up in the first boss room. What did you think of the bosses when you first uh, got to them when you were younger? Um, I thought they were the coolest things in the entire world, <laughs> even even if they were just en enemy rushes. Um. And we'll get to this when when we when we talk about our first impressions of the game. But uh, this was after I had gotten my big purple book of Nintendo lore. 
Mm. Um, so, so I knew what to do. Like I knew that you, you, you could, you could just destroy the generators, but still I found it as a mark, even, even still today, I found that as a mark of honor to, uh, to defeat the boss before I, mm. before I destroy the generator. The, uh, the idea, you know, if I had played this when I was young, the idea that you could bypass the boss fight by destroying the, the building or destroying the, like the warp core thing would have blown my mind. Like I would, <laughs> I would have been so into that. Like this idea of like, being able to kind of sequence break or, or, you know, juke the system, you know, snipe uh, the end well before you actually run into him, um, you know, would have just been, I would, I would have, I would have loved that. Um, coming to it as an adult, I kind of just figured it out because I was smarter. But yeah. if, I, if I had run into it when I was younger, it would have been, you know, it's another really, really cool, neat kind of first thing that this game did. Well, it's kind of like Super Mario Brothers, whereby you, know, you, you don't defeat Bowser himself. You, you jump on the axe and you drop the bridge under him, right? Right, right, and then that definitely—I guess—it's not as uh, as as first, but it was definitely rare at yeah. the, the, the kind of at the time. And uh, later on, there there are some boss rooms where there's even you know there the obstacles between you and this this magic uh, button that destroys the the base is even less than than Bowser, you know, where you can pretty much just waltz up to it. Yeah. I definitely have killed boss rooms in this game before the enemy could fire a shot. <laughs> so. Especially, especially once you get the bazooka. Especially when, once you get the bazooka, especially if you're fighting those flying uh, those flying robots. Mm. Not so, mm. not so much with the uh, with the bionic giants, but yeah, so, yeah. So the first level does a, you know a great job of setting the tone. Um, you know, really fun. Uh, really, you know, really great. And uh, one of the cool things, is, another cool thing this game does is it always seems like it's kind of throwing something new at you. Um, you don't spend a lot of time fighting these same grunts and kind of dealing with the same obstacles. Again, you know that that kind of very uh, smooth slope upwards. You know, you you get to this the second level, this area four. And uh, you you are in a cave level, and there are spikes now. So they've introduced this much more dangerous penalty for for failure in the the swinging mechanics. Yeah, much uh, much more apparent danger than just the, uh, the 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 bottomless pits of the previous level. Um, this is also one of those levels that like where where they, they they present an obstacle to you proceeding that is like realistic. You start out outside this cave, but if you walk inside of it without having the flare gun to fire. Um, you can't proceed just because it's dark. So you just you just die, um, and you have to get. As, I forget. Do you get the flare gun from the neutral zone? Yeah. 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 So the uh, you're told um, in in area one that you that area four is dark and you need a flare gun, and that somebody in a neutral area will give it to you. And uh, at the end of area one, you get a, a health refilling item that you can use once per per level, um, which is a lifesaver. Uh, totally a lifesaver, but counterintuitively operates on the start button. Yep. And you pause with the select button. So that uh, made me waste health potions many times. And you have to love emulators because I instantly remapped the uh, the start button on my NES controller to my select button. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and that'll do it. But, you know, so it tells you to go to these neutral zones. These neutral zones are, are a real... So there are a couple neat first things this game did that I feel like are real wasted opportunities. The the neutral zones are definitely one of them. Like, is there, there's not that much to, to say about these. Like, it was neat that it broke up the action, but did you find, you know, too much value in them? No, no. I liked that shooting a gun, gun in one of them was akin to slashing a, a, a cuckoo in, a, in Zelda, you know, a couple dozen times. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. For, <laughs> who? Why are these people fighting the bats? I know, right? They're <laughs> deadly, deadly warriors, but they're just waiting in the wings for you to accidentally press the B button instead yeah. of the A button. If you press the B button, like a lot of times, I'd end up in neutral zones right after getting a new gun, and I, I wanted to try it. I accidentally shoot the welcome guy. Like the neutral zones have like a, like a Walmart greeter out front, and if you uh, if you accidentally shoot him, immediately like limitless uh, soldiers in white parachute in, the alarm starts going off, and they all try to kill you. And I mean, they don't like the bads have bad in their name. Like, yeah. You know, fight fight those guys. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. You know, yeah. <laughs> But, but, th- but these are, they're a little bit like the town. They're even worse than the towns in like Castlevania 2 or Zelda 2. Yeah. Like there's all, there's even less to do. Um, the dialogue is, is even more worthless than <laughs> those towns. And there's just, you know, there's two rooms in each one. Each, each neutral area is identical. Um, there's two rooms and they sometimes have some power ups or items in them. Yeah. But, uh, they're, they're pretty much, uh, you know, worthless. Yeah. Um, but you do get the, uh, that flare gun. But the, the interesting thing is you can only carry, you have four different item classifications. And you can only carry one of each type. Yeah. So taking the, the flare gun into area four means that you can't have that healing potion, which can be kind of tricky at this stage of the game because you don't have very much in the way of health. But fortunately, since this is only the second level, you haven't learned to rely on it yet. Right, right. And you don't, you don't necessarily need to yet. Yeah. Which is, which is nice. But, uh, I, I, you know, this, the, the, not a lot about this level was, you know, remarkable to me you, you know am i am i taking notes uh in the in the uh, notebook that you so like to derive me for um <laughs> precious little artist likes to <laughs> it's got graph paper come on uh it's a, it, can, it combines it combines you know two things i really like being pretentious and graph paper um no but uh but uh th- there's not a lot like that, that that's incredibly remarkable about it but that thing that you said earlier about this game always throwing something new at you this is something that holds out like throughout the rest of the game but the only thing this game really repeats a lot are enemies and music but right, every, yeah, I, everything but... else every, every everything else like like color palettes and tile sets and this, like, the, the, like we'll, we'll nail this in the in the next level, like, which I think is like one of my favorite levels of all time in a game, um, outside of Sense Fortress and Dark Souls bingo card. Um, <laughs> um, just yeah. it, it can still be one of your favorite levels, yeah, without yeah. being outside of that. Was, that was some gratuitous bingo beating right there. Sorry about that. <laughs> you could have ended that sentence right there. <laughs> I could have. I could have. Yeah. No, but 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 this game. I mean, there's there's a lot to see in this game. So even if it doesn't throw like an incredibly novel kind of a swinging or jump puzzle at you. Um, you know, it throws something like nice to look at at you. Yeah, and I, I agree. And for the time, I think the graphics are generally pretty nice. I mean, they're they're just NES, you know, graphics. But um, you mentioned uh, the color palette. One of the things that you have in your notes, and I really agree with, is in this next area. Um, you know, the color palette is really, really beautiful. It's like this. You're you're assaulting this area at sunset. And uh, it just looks really good. It does. I mean, just the the the, the sunset in Area Five and the, the the music and the fact that the that the level is pretty much entirely vertical, like you, you don't even you, like you don't even go sideways at all. Hardly, you're you're climbing up a tower, is what you're doing, and that's that's cool. I mean, you know, it's you know, Contra did that with a waterfall, but you know, you're swinging up this thing, and even though it's frustrating as hell, like it like all these extraneous things make it make it really really tolerable. Yeah, the, uh, the the enemy they introduce in this level are these these guys uh, riding on helicopters who have this very short range kind of laser thing that they sweep over you, and uh, it, it's really neat. Like it took me a little while to figure out how to deal with these guys, but your your grappling hook in general um, is not a weapon. Like you can hit people with it and it, it stuns them, but the the important thing here is that if you hit one of these helicopter guys with it, it'll kind of uh, shunt them down a unit. So if you can hit them enough times in rapid succession, you can get them down to your level and shoot them. Um, which, which was you know, the first kind of non-swinging 
uh, use I found for my arm. This was before I discovered you could grab items with it. Oh, yeah. Grabbing items is all I ever did. I never figured that out. Like, even in my years of being a scholar of this game, I never knew that you could do that. Do Drop them down. Oh, level. like, make these guys. Yeah, it stuns them and they, they drop a little bit. So if you yeah. hit them enough times, they'll get down to your level. Otherwise, it can be really frustrating. So, you know, as much as uh, you know, I like this game, you're going to lose an element of intentionality anytime your level design partially relies on just having a limitless wave of enemies who can respawn. And it definitely there are some accidental situations you can get into that are really frustrating where you're, you know, you're going to take a hit or you can't make a jump because you have that, you know, NES legacy mechanic of getting hit and flying back three feet. Be just because there's an enemy there and you have to just kind of walk back and re-enter the area and hope that, you know, the enemies despawn, you know, or don't spawn in the same way. And that can be a little frustrating, you know, that's not a, it's just kind of a hallmark of the times and I, I forgive it because the game is really good and really fun in spite of it. But this is the first level in which I noticed that as a frustration. And it's definitely frustrating because because this level, again, the thing that I praise this level for, uh, because this level is entirely vertically oriented, it is, it is uh, easy to miss a swing or run into an enemy and fall and literally fall back to the beginning of the level. Yeah, and I abused uh, save states in this playthrough, just as full full disclosure. Um, the first time I played the game, I, I did not. And, uh, you know, I just save stated when I was ready to quit playing, even though oftentimes that would be right at the beginning of a challenge anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, okay, I've done this enough. And my save state would just be there so I could, I could reload easily. But this time I definitely, yeah. definitely use save states. And uh, without them, I mean, the game is fairly generous with uh, extra chances at things. And we can, we can talk about that maybe next because the, uh, the way, so the getting extra lives is fairly rare, but getting uh, continues is really easy. Yeah. And you do that during the uh, those vertical commando segments. I, I forget. So so you just pick up the eagle crest, and that is a that is a com that is a continue. Correct. So so you could just fly around and farm those things. Yeah. So to, it, to, to give yourself more more time. Yeah. The um. So th I mean, like it'd be a good good time to talk about it. So in general, like uh, th those commando areas. What uh, did, you know? Did you, I mean, there's not much to them. You know, I, I in general, I think that I like them. I thought they were a fun like way to break up. Yeah, I like them a lot. Um, just you know, because I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Commando. That you know, that was one of the one of the NES games that we had when I was very young. Um, so so going back to it, even playing this kind of diminished version of it, um, is 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 really cool. I think the most interesting thing about it is like when you get different weapons, they behave differently. So when you get the spread gun, that that you know it it, it lowers your range, but it gives you more. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, width on your shot, so you don't have to be as accurate. Uh, the rocket launcher is death incarnate uh, in this in this level, and uh, when you get Super Joe's machine gun, you just uh, you can you can get as many continues as you want. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the the uh, the closest. If you never played Commando, um, I don't know if this is a more popular touchstone, but the thing it reminded me of was Akari Warriors. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, more or less, Akari Warriors, like a kind of vertical shooting army game, um, and if you kill certain enemies, you you'll get those continues. Something I just put together that this game is really similar to in a weird way is Rygar. Uh, oh, yeah. Rygar, you side-scroll, uh, gain lives by killing enemies, get, gain additional life bar, have a grappling hook or, you know, an item on a chain, and then every yeah. once in a while there are vertical levels in which you can swing that item around you to damage and everyone both, around you. And both games had awful 3D sequels. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, I've actually the, never the played either of the sequels, but stayed away by oh. reputation. Yeah, so. no, uh, the 3D Bada Commando was not as bad as people say it is. Yeah, that sounded it's not great, cool. but it's like, like I mean, good. I want yeah. I like grappling hooks. Like I love the grappling yeah. hook in Tenchu. Like mm -hmm. you know, it sounded really fun, but 
you you can get it for like five bucks. I I definitely recommend having it in your uh, in your in your library if you can get it for five dollars. I'm I'm sure Steam will answer that <laughs> soon enough. So yeah, I, I'll I'll definitely check it out, especially now that I'm kind of high on uh, Bionic. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. deaf deaf by rearmed first. Like I don't care. No, I, I have this, rearmed. Like... I've, I've played. Okay. Rearmed. Okay. And yeah, okay. rearmed is really really good. Thank so. God. I I forget though. Does rearmed have these uh, top down levels? It does not. No. No. Okay. Oh, which is fine, but they're they're a nice because they don't add that much, but they're a nice change of pace for the NES version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. You can hit you can hit the uh, the 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 grappling hook button, and you do kind of this awesome like leg swipe around you to knock your enemies back if they're ganging up on you, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, even though it has that thing like in Commando and Akari Warriors where the bad guys just act like idiots and run around, you know, like chickens with their heads cut off. Like the enemies only kind of go for you in, yeah. in those games. And the other thing is that um, in the uh, the arcade, Akari Warriors at least was a dual stick shooter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of before those became, came indie darlings. And, uh, <laughs> here though, you know, you just have the one stick, so you shoot in the direction you're facing. So you have to be moving towards someone to shoot them, which, uh, you know, is not ideal. So, I mean, those are just kind of like an, an interesting diversion, um, almost like the Hammer Brothers, um, levels in Mario 3. That's a, or yeah, something that's like a good, that. that's a good, uh, yeah. Good analog. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. But uh, the, <laughs> the 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 regular the regular levels kind of can cons- uh, kind of persist with uh, with our favorite uh, level design cliche, the sewer level. Yeah, but I, I actually like the sewer level. I was it's kind good. Of, yeah, it's, I like it's not it. a maze. Um, and the the <laughs> thing the the new kind of enemy or mechanic they introduced in this, I don't remember seeing anywhere else, which is these uh these blobs of slime or water that yeah. come out of the, these spouts and they carry you with them. So, yep. uh, you know, they come out on regular interview intervals. I don't really remember seeing yeah. that. You know, I don't, I can't think of a, a good analog for that. Like there are definitely and games you, where you fight against the current, you know, and it's up to your knees, but these things actually yeah. will carry you all the way down into, into death if you let them. Yeah. And it becomes part of the timing and it becomes part of the jump puzzle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, real fun. And sometimes you'll get stuck in one and you have to make a, a real precision, uh, grappling hook grab to get out of it. Yeah. And, you know, it <laughs> well, makes for some nice situations. It's really hard to do when you're like when you're panicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which which is probably the idea. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and throughout this time, you know, each of these levels, you're getting getting a new item, and, and at the end of this one, you get a pendant, um, which is a, pretty much just a, a cross, like a. You know, yep, that is a, it, it. It would be a crucifix if it had the body of Christ on it, but it is it is actually just a cross, mm-hmm. which were copiously edited out of every Castlevania game, but somehow allowed to be in here. And this uh, pendant will uh, will will protect you from one shot in a level, which is akin to wearing tissue paper. You know, tissue paper body armor. Yeah, yep. And, and then nothing in the game tells you that. You just kind of have to figure it out. <laughs> you yeah. have to infer it. Yep, exactly. Um, next, there's kind of there's one weird kind of standout uh, outlier level in this game, and it's Area 3. It comes next. And opposed to, you know, fighting the bads in this uh, level, it's kind of some kind of, you know, island of, of you know, Dr. Chaos... Uh, <laughs> Mutant spider, mutant plant, mountain level thing. See, I always took this as the uh, the, the bads uh, umbrella corporation. Oh, phase. <laughs> I guess that the other like pretty yeah, where, where 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 their experiments had mutated these creatures to be uh, to to be you know adversarial to you, mm. and this is where they dumped them. It's pretty. Those mutant plants are pretty annoying. So like the spiders, <laughs> I was mostly fine with, but the the on the ground there's these like pod things, and they they rise up from the ground, but. This was a, an area where the graphics really let me down because it, it feels like it happens in like three animation frames. It's yeah. not it's not a smooth thing, so it's 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 pretty diff- you know it can be difficult to get, to get past these, and they are instant death. 
Yeah, and like when you say instant, like you might as well say unceremonious because there's no like there's no you know Sonic kind of kind of like fanfare when you die. Like it's just literally dump you back to the dump you back to the to the map screen. So it's three frames of leaves rustling and then two frames of horrifying plant monster <laughs> from a Little Shop of Horrors and then map. It doesn't. It doesn't like, take it. What happened? Never took me to the map. It always took me to the beginning of the level. Oh, so yeah, I just I thought I, right. I I wasn't one hundred percent clear I died. I thought maybe oh, I just got okay. to try it again. And I just had to get through it without failing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty 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 ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy though. I mean, and just it, it just extends that whole like unique setting, unique t- tile set, unique color palette all the way uh all, all the way to the very extreme, and you never see any of these things again. Right. Yeah. Again. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like these don't show up, which is really cool. Um, actually, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. Because, it's cool because I didn't feel like dealing with them. But it's also neat again uh, that kind of huge variety. Um, at the end of this level, you get a thing called the the rapid fire device, and uh, we you know we haven't talked too much about the weapons at this point. Um, you're probably still using the initial gun because you get a spread shot kind of shotgun thing, and uh, it's useful when it fires at good angles, but its range is is puny. It's really yeah. minuscule. And, it's like uh, two body lengths of range. Yeah. And if, if you get the um, rapid fire device, it will, if you equip it, it will make your first gun turbo fire. But you can't have your health potion. Yes. So. And you have to use the first gun. And I think either right before this or right after this, you get the bazooka. The which is, yeah. which is the best weapon throughout the entire game. Yeah. And you get it really <laughs> early. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I was kind of surprised by how quickly I got that. The, the first boss I fought with the, the bazooka, I was really shocked. You know, I just, I just walked over the core and shot it two times. That's, that's really it. You know? Okay. I'll, I'll take it. Um, you know, so. the, the, the first boss I fought by not actually fighting the boss, but by bypassing him. Yeah. And... Just by bypassing them. My, my, my EP is not, uh, not fully erected at this point. No, no, I'm yeah. not. No, I'm not. <laughs> you fucking noob, you bypassed the boss? No, no, it was I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Um, it's just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> well, I was five <laughs> years old, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, at this point, this, but you'll, you'll notice that we're not talking about the bosses at the end of each of these, because the, the boss rooms are all identical, and it's really hard. Like, I can, I think I can probably name what the different bosses are, but... You're tying three. them to a level. It's really tough. Yeah, like like the first appearance of any of them. I, th- I think I marked the first appearance of the uh, of of the uh, uh, bionic giant in mm-hmm. my in my. Yeah, it's in the next area. Uh, but all the rest of them are either waves of enemies led by a commander who spouts hilarious phrases at you, <laughs> um, or it is um, this weird flying robot. Yeah, who says pie pie pie? Yep, peep 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 peep. Um, <sighs> Yeah, that, actually, that cybernetic giant is really tough. Like so hard. Yeah, he's he's actually it's like the one really kind of challenging boss other than the final one. Yeah. Well, they 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 game the angles so that it's impossible to like or very difficult to shoot the core mm-hmm. without killing it. Yeah, so. I've, I've actually never killed the giant cyborg. I always just uh you know came into the room with full health and used my health potion, so just just oh, powered yeah. through. Um, because yeah. I couldn't really. It seems like sometimes I could hit him from behind, and sometimes I couldn't. Like I never really quite figured out what his weak spot was. You have to be it. real quick. You have to be so quick. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So. Yeah. So after you def- you know you you beat the giant 
spiders of the island of chaos or whatever it is you go to what is probably the most frustrating level in the entire game um in my in my research for the notes on this um this this has come up as you know that damn level Mm. you know uh which is area six uh which which you know will strike terror into the hearts of anybody who's actually played this game but it's the nighttime base assault um is this like a jumping puzzle thing or is it just the uh well it's 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 both. It's one of, it's one of the first levels that um that that makes you that makes you do sustained like you need to swing from lamp to lamp or perch to perch or you're going to die. Mm. And then you have to ascend this tower where they have the rolling spike mines, oh, which can shit. knock you off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the hatred in your voice. The, 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 the fat fucker from Beyond Thunderdome is like unleashing yeah. them, right? Like it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just, I, 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 lo- I love that spark of realization <laughs> in your voice. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah I just, I, this isn't the same. That fucking that thing sucked. I mean, it was obnoxious. Anytime somebody's rolling something across the floor in this game, it sucks. Because the later yeah. frustrating part is the thing with the electric sparks, and it, it's so because you're supposed you just don't move quick enough. Like you're supposed to be able to hang yeah. from the ceiling for a second to to let them go over you, or go right. under you, but you just you can't do it quick enough. And There's you, not enough yeah, frames swing, to path, do it. I cheated to get past this. I not like literally cheated, but there's a glitch where if you swing far enough into a platform before letting go, you'll clip through it up on yeah. top of it. And I totally exploited the shit out of that to climb this tower. Mm-hmm. Like what a what a weird and this had the bionic giant boss at the end. What a weird difficulty spike kind of in the middle of yeah. the room. Difficulty spike, difficulty wall. Yeah. This, this, is, this <laughs> is a really annoying part. Yeah. And and you had and you had to have the uh, the the bazooka at this point to get through to get through you know to actually get past that first area mm-hmm. too, which is a weird little puzzle that I think is glossed over a lot. Yeah, not puzzle, but you know, literal obstruction to you to you know beating the game. Well, you, you um, why would you not have the bazooka at this point though? It's not like it's yeah, a really it's... A, a choice. The uh, yeah, the thing with the swinging puzzles, you know, they are really fun when you get them right. What's interesting though is that they're so timing based. Like it's almost like a like a rhythm kind of thing. There's no margin for error oh, yeah. in this. And uh, you know, during those those swinging things, because you can only aim at, you know, a, a zero, a forty-five, or a, a a ninety degree angle. And uh so it makes the the puzzles like once you get them, it's really it feels great. But if you're still like, you know, failing them is does not feel great. And it is it yeah. is real tricky. Um every t- uh, many times I would accidentally pull myself up. Um, uh, 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 bionic uh, uh, grappling line, and that yeah. was always frustrating because there was no way to undo that. And once you started doing so, you'd just be hanging from a light post, limp as a spaghetti noodle, and, and just have to drop down and start over. And that yeah. was really frustrating. Like, like the only redeeming quality to this is the fact that you had five levels to really, really understand the mechanics. There's nothing fun about those little control foibles where you accidentally like reel yourself in, and there's no way to give yourself some slack and then, you know, kind of like start up a swing again, Prince of Persia style. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like the, the, the rules are pretty clearly defined by this. Oh point. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily uh, unfair, but it's, it's the, it's weird because the, this puzzle is almost identical to later puzzles that should by rights be harder because they yeah. all require 100% precision. Getting that hundred percent precision is not that tough and it's really fun and satisfying when you do it. But the only difference between this and, you know, the end game levels is that there are, you don't die when you fail. You just have to, you know, spend a couple minutes climbing this tower. Not a couple minutes, yeah. that's maybe an exaggeration. But the uh, it's this weird, you know, in a game that I feel like is really gradual in its uh, difficulty curve for the most part. Like this, it 
when you start really having, you know, you get the training for the swinging, but this is the first real, real test of it. And it, it's, it's real tough. Like it took, if it's not, you know, ingrained in you by this point, you're going to struggle with it a little bit. Yeah. And it's the only difficulty spike until you get to those last three levels, right? which I, I love. And I, I want to hear your take on them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I had a lot of fun with those, but, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's really a, you know, kind of come to Jesus moment, you know, weed <laughs> over here, chass over here or chaff over here. Right. And, uh, you know, never the two shall meet kind of thing. Yeah. So you get to the next area and this is probably my least favorite part, least favorite thing that happened in the game. It's and it, so it points bad. To the, yeah. It, it points to the, the kind of biggest um, kind of like, well, again, that, you know, I was talking about neat, neat ideas that weren't capitalized on well enough. And those neutral towns, which could have been a way to add like flavor text and, and add some interaction, you know, those are, they don't do very much with them. The second thing is a communicator idea, which you know, the idea that you're going to, to eavesdrop on the enemy, you're going to have to get missives from your, your commanding officers and everything. Cool idea. You know, there, there's nothing uncool about that. But the uh, they ruin it with this idea that you get different colored communicators and they work in different areas. And there's not, I mean, I didn't, you know, get all the flavor text and talk to all the NPCs, but is there any real, is this just guesswork? It's not guesswork. Like, you, you generally always use the most recent um the most the most recent communicator that you got in that area the, the only problem so that's, that that's like, not true because you get the orange one really quickly and that's the well, one you, you use at the end you can get the orange one very quickly okay. but you like you by, by by the time you get here because i did the same thing like i went back to that first neutral area and i got the orange communicator mm -hmm. Like I, I did that, and, and that's why. Like even even though I knew, like oh, there was some trick to this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that that that's why I still had to do the uh, A B start kind of a uh, you know kind of trick to get back out to the map and switch out my communicator. Um, but in general, that that that's the only trick to it. Mm. You're not supposed to go back and get the orange communicator until you get to the very end. I don't remember there being a real puzzle around getting the orange communicator, though. I mean, I just got it because I was exploring. There, there was just a. It was, it was a neutral area where there was a, there was a wall akin to the wall that's at the beginning of Area Six. Okay. That you have to use either the wide gun or the rocket gun to, uh, to, to knock down. Um, and by the time you get to, by the time you get to that neutral area, you don't have the wide gun yet. Then later on, you find out from a, from a communication that says you can take out the wall and blah 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 area with either of these weapons. You you do and have you the wide gun do it. at that point because that's that's exactly that's definitely what I did. I only oh, equipped okay. the wide gun for for one screen because I, I decided I didn't like it. But that was the yeah. that was the screen I tried it on. So it's definitely a weird kind of sequence out of order thing where I definitely ended up with the orange communicator way too early and set off, you know, I, from that point on, I had no idea what communicator to equip. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was definitely, you know, that was frustrating. So maybe, you know, I was not picking up the inscrutable bionic command, no hints well enough. No, no, it's but, stupid as hell. The fact that you had the wide gun when you first encountered that level. Yeah. It's stupid as hell. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they do it. They do a bad uh, job of making, you know, when, when, what levels are the communicators going to be necessary? Not all of them, just some of them. And which ones? <laughs> Who knows? You know, it, it's, there's, there's, there's really no, you know, I don't know. There's a real missed opportunity, not only in the content of them, which if you're lucky, you get like a funny, bad translation. And, mm -hmm. uh, but also just in the, uh, this, this whole having to start over because you have the wrong communicator. Um, yeah. So that, that's really frustrating.
and this is a this is a big level too. Yeah. Like it, it's it's real real big. Like there are multiple different different areas to it. It's kind of maze like. Um, you know, you you you'll, you'll find yourself circling back around and backtracking unintentionally because there are multiple ways. Apparently, it's like cylindrical. Like I, I went around it enough to to know that like you can walk far enough in one direction that you end up on the other side mm. of it. So I guess that's what they're trying to do with like the, the the center of the base being at the actual center of the base. Um, but to get to that, commu- you know, those two communicator rooms that you have to get to in order to you know to unlock this and everything you do, just get ga 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 ga. God. Which is, I mean, just because it's you know the only good Spoon album doesn't mean that I'm I'm interested in reading in my Bionic Commando. Yeah, that's a good album. I like that. I, I, I like that album. Okay, I'm not a big fan of Spoon. I just that was the first yeah. thing I thought of when I saw it. No, no, I wasn't saying that defensively. I just yeah. like that album because it's yeah. the only Spoon album I know about. Yeah, it's you know it's got uh, the underdog and, and Cherry Bomb, so it's it's the one it's the one you need. The, but yeah, so that was frustrating, and again, like missed opportunity. Um, not too bad though. And you, when you beat the the boss for this, you get the iron boots, which uh, would be a really neat item. Where like you, when you swing into enemies, you actually kill them rather than uh, just kind of knock them back. But uh, it's either or proposition. You can't hold a potion and wear boots, <laughs> which I relate to because I my my uh, I, I hold things with my feet. Yep. Entirely. I I am a monkey. Yeah, I exactly. Am ra- so I am an orangutan. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that that just reminds me of a uh, Doom Three. You can't hold a. a oh yeah, yeah. You need a duct tape time, mod yeah. for. Yeah. For <laughs> I need a duct tape potion to my boots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I forget. Is it this level where the uh, communication lets you know that uh, Super Joe's in Area Seven, or is it a bunch of clues leading up to it? I think this this area tells you that that he's there. Like this isn't the the dump. At some point, they're holding him in a dump for some reason. It was just like, oh, he's obviously in the dump, and everyone, all the you know, cryptic clues you get refer to this idea that obviously they would hold Super Joe in a dump, and then you learn that he's actually in this POW camp. And I think this is where you learn because that's where you go next. They 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 move him around a couple of times, so that 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 keeps you moving throughout the different areas and deeper into enemy territory. Um, but this uh, this this mountainside POW camp would be really neat if. If not for the fact that uh, the level layout and the bosses necessitate you using the worst gun in the game, yeah, which which I just kind of didn't do and just kind of powered <laughs> through and and kept my healing potion. But the the three way gun is really uh, really strange because as opposed to being a spread shot, it shoots forward and then straight up and straight down, which you mm-hmm. know could be useful. You know, finding those helicopter things we'd mentioned and uh, and some other enemies. But here it is not that useful, other than the fact that the enemies are immune to the, your best weapon. And they can only be attacked from below, which yeah. helps helps you below or behind. But because everything can turn around instantly, and you can't get behind them instantly, shooting them from behind is effectively impossible. And they move semi randomly, yeah. and respawn. The, yeah. Because they're NES enemies, <laughs> and that's what they do. Um, yeah. So at the end of this, though, you do get to uh, rescue Super Joe. Yeah. So, and kind After, of yeah, uh, neatly, it's not the end of the game or anything. It's just you know you've you've accomplished your your primary goal, and there's still still things to do. Yeah. This is basically just like the midway point, right? Like, like you're teaming up with him now, you know. After you do this super fun swing puzzle along these transformers, yeah, that are on this power line. Oh gosh, I love that. Yeah, well, once you actually master the the swing mechanic, it becomes like immensely, immensely fun. Like, I, I don't know if I necessarily mastered it, but it just the the physics just feel really good. Like the the pace at which you you move just feels or like a satisfying. It's a momentum thing that you brought up. So mm-hmm. so crazy fun. 
Like it works really yeah. well. And the, one of the things I actually like it in rearmed, the way you swing, um, looks a little bit more organic. It looks like your uh, grappling hook is actually has some flexibility to it. And I don't like it quite as much as I do in this one. Like it's a little bit harder to be as precise. They make some other decisions to make it easier. You know, I think rearmed is ultimately an easier game, but, um, it's not, it doesn't quite work as well. And it's not quite as fun as it is in here in this game. Rearmed is an easier game that tries to uh, make itself more difficult by having selectable difficulty, but also by having these challenge rooms um, that put you in very contrived swinging situations. Mm, right. Which I, I love Rearmed. We're not, uh, that oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm not bagging on it. Yeah, even though, and, and I even kind of want to play the, the Game Boy version of this one, even though it's uh, uh, apparently just kind of a, a remake with different graphics and some slightly different yeah. puzzles, because it's on Game Boy and I can play it on my DS. <laughs> so. Do they have it on the 3DS? Yeah. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Yeah, not on the actual a... virtual console for, for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they have the diminished version on the diminished uh, device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> so this is, the, um, after this part is where you can get, and you had referenced it when we were talking about the commando levels, you can get Super Joe's machine gun, which I never actually got. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't do the puzzle correctly, and uh, at this point um, was kind of in crunch time to finish the game. I had a, I oh, had a yeah. standing game night that got canceled, and it was kind of miraculous because it gave me enough time to finish this. <laughs> um, so I did not. I was in a hurry, so I did not get the the gun. But tell me a little bit about uh, Super Joe's machine gun, since I did. I mean, that. it's. It's not terribly remarkable. Like the way that you get it is, you know, Super Joe says, "Hey, there's a guy named Destroyer Three in this in this particular neutral neutral area. He will give you this machine gun." And you go to this neutral area, and there's Destroyer One, Destroyer Two, and Destroyer Three. And they all ask if you want a machine gun, but only Destroyer Three will give it to you if you say yes. Um, but the machine gun it has the same range and spread as the as the wide gun, um, but uh, but it shoots much more quickly. So you have a better chance of actually hitting something, mm. um, when, like as you're as you're shooting at it. I ultimately didn't use it for much aside from the top-down levels when I was moving around those last few areas, um, just because the rocket launcher is so effective. Um, but uh, but it is a nice little a nice little touch of lore, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Super Joe is kind of this mythic mythic figure in this game, so I definitely yeah. wanted it. I just didn't. Uh... You know, I couldn't remember that he had said Destroyer 3. And the way the puzzle you, you have to go through to get it is you run into Destroyer 1. He asks if you want a machine gun. I say yes. You, <laughs> you go into a room and get a machine gun, but when you leave the level, it's gone. But So there's not very much feedback to it. Like, the idea is you're just supposed to – you have to wait until you run into Destroyer 3. But I was like, oh, it must have been Destroyer 1 that he said because I just got a fucking machine gun. And then left the level and didn't have it. So, you know. Gee, kind of sounds like I need a notebook. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I've heard that. I'm, I'm looking for a good brand, though, is the thing. And all the ones I got are just kind of cheap. And, yeah. So, so yeah, the the uh, the machine gun it's a little bit overrated. Um, but uh, but you know, it's it's one of those nice little bonus bonus uh, content options to have, which are rare in uh, in the NES days. So, and then with uh, thus armed or uh, not armed, um, you head into the kind of final three levels, which is the lead up to this ultimate NES ending culminating moment of uh, 1940s <laughs> Germany that we're heading into. Yeah. So you start out with area 10, which is kind of where shit gets real. 
um, I call this the laser defense base, mm-hmm. um, just because, um, again, it's a unique tile set. Um, it's, it's obviously their highest tech area and there are a lot more automated enemies that are placed at the exact correct angle to, uh, to either shoot you as you're swinging or knock your arm off as you grip onto the ceiling. Yeah. Um, I like to think that as you progress through these levels, um, it's not so much that they just have different technology in different areas. It's just that because you're proceeding chronologically, they are adapting to fight you. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool idea, you know, if that is the case. And every time, you know, when when they actually, you know, disarm uh, your grip, um, that was always really neat. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, and having to, to work that into my timing, timing was fun. I really like the last yeah. last three levels of this game. Like, it, they're very challenging. Like, it's, you know, yeah. I definitely, uh, you know, abuse, like I said, I abuse save states. And uh, yeah. and never more so than in uh, Area 12. But the, yeah. um, it's super, super, super fun. And this is where, like like you said, it all comes together. Um, you know, the best jumping puzzles, the, uh, with the, with the most consequence. I mean, the, the jumping puzzles I had said are, are similar to each other where, you know, they all require perfect timing, but in these ones you die. They're, the the yeah. floors are, are on fire or electrified or full of spikes. And, uh, yeah. And there's lots of, there's lots of leaps of faith too. I mean, you have to go pretty much to the edge to see the, to see the next, uh, to see the next thing. So it either requires trial and error if you're using save states or if you're a young me, um, it requires you memorizing everything, you know, it requires either split second reflexes, which I have not ever had, nor do I have now. Mm. Um, to, to see this thing and immediately identify when you're at a 45 degree oblique angle to hit it and then swing to the next one. I think it's trial and error no matter what. Like even, you know, dying, it's kind of, you know, you have to, because of those leaps of faith, you have to fail everything once in this game. But the difference between this or something like Abe's Odyssey is after failing it once, I felt like I had a good chance of, of succeeding the second time. You know, it wasn't based on quite as many prickly little decisions or things that I felt like were out of my control. You know, in, in Abe's Odyssey, I felt like, because I, I thought that during this game, I thought, okay, this is zero margin for error. Why is this okay and Abe's Odyssey is not? And, uh, you know, it just I, I just felt more more control. I mean, not to, to hit a gamer cliche or anything. And, and the controls in Abe's Odyssey are precise too, but the world is not as precise. Like the yeah. way things move, um, you know, the way the enemies react and everything. Since this is stationary objects and you're always going to to jump at the same angle and throw out your grappling hook at the same angle. Maybe that's what felt so different about it. But it definitely, for something that was, again, like on paper, had that same, you know, I'm on the record as saying zero margin for error is never fun. This is zero <laughs> margin for error and it's really fun. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I properly articulated that difference, but uh, it is definitely there. We can be hypocrites if we want. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just that there, there, there's, there's something to a game being more mechanically sound. I mean, Abe's Odyssey is a game where they waste animation frames having you walk from grid to grid. And it's very difficult to tell, you know, which of those 10 frames of running from this square to this square you're supposed to, you're, 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 you're supposed to hit it on. Whereas in this, you know, strangely enough, even though it's, even though it's lower resolution, it's more organic than Abe's Odyssey. You know, I bet, I bet you that's it. That's a great, great point. It's the fact that Abe's Odyssey is kind of quantized down to those, uh, discrete units. And yeah. you still see your, your avatar move between them. So, yeah. so, you know, you may only exist in A or B, but you could see all these points between. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, I mean, so, that's, that's probably it. Whereas this, you know, game is actually a true analog kind of, uh, uh, gradient, your, uh, you know, in, in, in your location. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, yeah. Th- thanks, Cole. <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, no. Yeah. So you're not a you're not a hypocrite. It's just that Abe's Odyssey is really terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's so so many of the awful things in Abe's Odyssey were it was like to 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 my mind and to the feedback that I was that I was receiving, I was pressing the button at the right time. I was jumping at the right time. I was throwing this thing at the right angle or at the right speed or you know what have you. But you know because I wasn't you know I didn't have any insight into this game's diabolical calculus. I wasn't able to you know actually succeed at doing it, and I received no feedback otherwise. Whereas in this, it is very clear. It's very quick. It's very swift. Right, you know? and, and that's. I mean, it's it's a it's a, a cliche, you know, a, a game design cliche. But you know, when you do something wrong, it should feel like your fault. And yeah. when when so, the game betrays that, and and you don't, you know, you don't know exactly where you are. You think that you're in the right place. You know, whenever I hit that, you know, did something wrong, I never thought, oh, I was in the right place. That should have worked. Mm-hmm. You know, and that happens no. all the time in Apes Odyssey. I was swinging at a post. I, I I hit the button just a little bit too late. I saw my grappling hook extend just a little bit beyond that, and I realized, huh, maybe I should hit maybe maybe I should hit that button a little bit earlier next time. Yeah, and and and, and that's it. That's all the feedback that you need in order to hit that jump right the next time. Right. So yeah. So yeah, take that, Apes Odyssey. We're not above <laughs> kicking you while you're down. <laughs> <laughs> How many minutes have we dedicated to bashing the game at this point? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not above kicking you ten episodes later. Yeah, we're, we're, in, um, we're into hour three of the Odyssey Bash 2012. But it's but it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's like, totally it's, true. Yeah, it's, we're, we're on the we're on the record as bashing this thing in another place. So you know what? It's not okay to be hypocrites. We need to like in this case, we can defend our position. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think you're 100 percent right. I think that's the, that's the issue. So you know, as you, as you continue, um, you know, you, you go through level area eleven, which I know this introduces the the fire element, but it's not design wise. I don't feel, remember being that different from ten. Um, you know, the floor is lava as opposed to spikes, <laughs> and uh, you in, it introduces my favorite kind of bit of weird translation in this game. Like I pulled up a, an actual fact to uh, pull up all of the the quotes, but you actually have this in the notes, which is when you run into the enemies and they say it's too early to feel safe. I'll kill you here. and they repeat it later they repeat it at the end during the escape sequence yeah it's too early to feel safe i just i know what all those words mean separately but what they mean together just makes no sense to me it's like some kind of cone yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that was one of my favorite tdrk bits was where uh was where where, um chris uh quipped that my that my ben and jerry's flavor would be uh would be zen cone um <laughs> but uh but yeah i i love I, I mean i love this level just because the fire makes it feel so much more dramatic that like you can't i mean spikes are one thing and electric electricity is another thing but fucking fire yeah fire, yeah, fire is the, the thing you're most likely to run to in real life <laughs> electrified floors and i can't remember the last time i saw a spike i guess t- tire spikes but the, yeah uh, even then i don't see those that often yeah, just when I'm on the run from Johnny Law. Yeah, just but, when, I'm uh, on the, when I'm on the lamb. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I really like this. Uh, and maybe I like this game so much because I played The Floor is Lava uh, so much when I was young. But uh, but the idea... I wish that they, I wish that they like, had more of these situations where you just literally couldn't land. I know they would make the game infinitely more frustrating, but it's so satisfying when you get, when you get to this point. Right. When you've mastered when you've mastered the system and you can and you can nail it like a rock star, you know. Probably so. There's, I bet you there's some kind of ROM hack out there for you. This game, <laughs> I'm sure, lends itself to I want to be the guy esque, yeah, super hard sure. challenge versions. I haven't I'm I haven't sure. spent time investigating it, but I'm totally convinced. I'm positive I would pick it up for like two two seconds and then put it down because. What the fuck am I made of time? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah. so after this, you get to the, the, the final level, which I, I had like my most irritating damn bat in the game, but was <laughs> leads up to the, you know, the greatest, possibly the greatest NES ending. Um, so, so it, it was all fine. Um, this is a, you know, a big maze level where you, you handle things in a nonlinear fashion. There are traps in it. There are doors that you think you should enter that you definitely shouldn't, which, right. which is interesting. Um, and, uh, it's, it's mostly just a good place to put things together. The only thing I really hate about it is there are these parts where there are spikes on the, or, uh, sparks on the floor, similar to, um, Donkey Kong Jr. level three. And, uh, the, there's a reference for you. Uh, you played know, Donkey Kong Jr. up to level three. And you, uh, uh, how about the first episode of this podcast, uh, Mega Man X Spark Mandrill stage? Oh, hey. Yeah, there we go. Hey. Yeah. So go back. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check out the archives. Yeah. And uh, if you want to hear more about sparks. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, they just move across the floor. And if you, you start out at the, the top of this, you know, kind of, uh, uh, S shaped, you know, series of staggered platforms going down. If you time it right from the beginning, you can just always be a little bit behind the, the sparks and make it. But they also introduced this kind of ball that, that comes and rolls after you. And if that hits you or if you get a weird start because of it, you can be off the entire way down and get right. hit on every, every platform. It's kind of, it kind of doesn't sound like I'm explaining it that well, but if you, uh, uh, if you actually have played it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can be, you can get out of sync really, really easily. Yeah. And it's about that just kind of, you make a mistake and the ripples just, you know, you, you, you die from it. We can make a thousand mistakes at any point in our life and not feel the effects for five minutes, one year or 10 years or anything. I don't actually have that. There, 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 there are a million <laughs> strings attached to every yes. choice that we make. And we might, we, we may not know that we've destroyed our lives until 10, 20 years down the line. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, there that, we go. That, that's what I was looking for. I, it's something like that. Here's, here's a fun tip on a Friday night alone where you're drunk. Um, <laughs> don't watch that movie. <laughs> The life pro tip. Just, just, a, just a pro tip for life. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even say what movie we're, we're, we're referencing because if you know, you know. Exactly. And because if you were to let that power out, it's like telling people about the videotape in the ring. Like you, you, don't, you, don't, want, you don't want to like unleash that. Before. I don't want to be responsible for anybody like doing that to themselves. The, the basement and cabin in the woods has you know the ballerina doll and a copy of the, uh, you know that. Of of that movie, yeah. of of that Charlie Kaufman movie. Yeah. Oh shit! I narrowed it down to six movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 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 yeah. Um, it definitely does cascade, and it's very difficult. To, uh, to pick yourself back up from this because you can only get a maximum of like nine health points in this game. Right, and that's if you do a little bit of grinding. I didn't end up with nine yeah. at the end. I think I had seven. So, um, and there's never any visual indications so of God help you if you know that you had nine hit points. Right, um. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's those little there's little bars at the top. Are there? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And there's also I didn't know this, but on the pause screen it tells you how close you are to getting another level. Oh shit. Which I didn't discover until almost the end of the game. God, the Nintendo is so unscrewed. Yeah. <laughs> Go Nintendo. Um, so what we're leading up to here really is when you, you, you confront Kill It in you know one of the greatest scenes in NES history. Uh, Kill It <laughs> says that you know the reason why they're resurrecting Hitler um, is because he has the plans to, to finish his Albatross super weapon. Kind of you know he tells you that they've actually figured it out without Hitler. There's no need to resurrect Hitler, 
And uh, he's having this discussion kind of rudely in front of a tank with Hitler's suspended body. <laughs> um, Susp- but, suspended naked in goo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to see a movie version of this. <laughs> and so, of course, uh, Hitler, overhearing this, um, activates his M. Bison-esque electrical powers. Nine, nine, nine! Yeah, <laughs> destroys a... Kill it. And he comes out, he's all like Starman. Like, he's all just like, who is this who has awakened me? You shall not succeed. <laughs> what? Why, why, why is he Starman? Why is he Starman? He's, 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 he's cognizant of everything that has been happening around him. Like, if I woke up from a tub of goo, like, I, I, I'd be like, well, what? He's, well, I mean, he still woke up and like, Ava! You know, like, there, there, is, he, there is Ava! Yeah, like, why, why, you know, comfy! Um, yeah. uh, I, I just, uh, it's, it's really weird. And he you know, walks towards you like the Terminator naked. And, uh, and then he controls the Albatross device because why not? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, because, because at this point, this game is fucking power metal. And it just, you know, it's, it's just 100% badassery, like, until the end. Ridiculous. Yeah. Just like it was, it was never that grounded in reality. I mean, that your 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 main like the MacGuffin was finding Super Joe, not just regular Joe, Super <laughs> Joe. So you know he's really important. Yeah, like I, it it was it was never quite on the chain, but here it goes off the chain, right? Like, even further. So somewhere in the spectrum of like uh, stories about resurrecting Hitler, you have the Boys of Brazil all the way on the left, <laughs> and Bionic Commando all the way on the right. You know, <laughs> as far as like re- you know, realism and resurrecting Hitler. Uh, <laughs> God, I love that movie. That's oh, so yeah. good. That's I've only good read movie. the book. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, that's good. That's it's, it's really good. Um, <laughs> or am I thinking of just Brazil? Brazil, Brazil is great. They don't resurrect yeah, Hitler in it. No, so I hope no. you're not just thinking about Brazil. <laughs> Brazil is amazing, but it has nothing I, to do I, with this. I think I just wanted to put Brazil in the show notes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a great movie. Yeah. God damn. Um, so the albatross. That's a. I mean, it's it's a really easy boss fight. Like the the pattern is super predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadow of the Colossus is not the first game where the boss is the platforming level. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's that kind of thing. It's a, you know, it reminded me of. Um, and this isn't this wasn't the boss, but it reminded me a little bit of the the airships from mario 3 like just that it's oh, kind yeah. of like a, the, the way that the flames worked and, and shot out and everything and the way that you're kind of climbing all over it to get to the, this uh this weak spot i mean obviously you don't try to take down the, the airships in mario 3 but um that was the, the the point of reference i had at this point because i hadn't played uh shadow Colossus and and uh you know i hadn't played this until i was like 25 so, so you figure out the albatross's pattern and uh you fire enough rockets into its big glowy weak part mm-hmm and uh, then it explodes. Yep. I don't know what it was the albatross. The albatross can only shoot fire about six feet. Like, what was it going to do? You it was know, like a laser shots? weapon. It was. It was. It was like an ICBM laser. Okay. I remember. I remember them mentioning lasers. Okay, but it couldn't use like you were too close for it to use those weapons. It just had to use its little tiny flame jets. On you, right. It's like Metal Gear. It's like Metal Gear can't launch a can't launch a, a nuke at you oh, when, I guess when you're fighting yeah, it on true. the ground. It can just use the railgun at you. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so after you after you defeat this, um, you're you're you think you're you're starting the escape. I need, I need I need to interrupt you because I just I just referenced Metal Gear and you said that makes sense. Oh. So, <laughs> so everything about Metal Gear makes sense. It's just you, Cole. The, it's the, just, the, the, all, it's it all just makes sense you. To me. Um, the uh, a lot of Metal Gear references in this episode. So you, you are uh, you think you're going to do the standard kind of base escape, but on your way out, um, you run into a guy named Hal. Who, um, you know, is just just a regular guy, but he says, uh, Master D is trying to escape in a helicopter. Here, take my bazooka. 
you have one chance to shoot the cockpit. And <laughs> and I, I I love this. Like I love it's that they so did this. Great. Like you just have this one jump you have to make and make this one perfect shot to jump like swing from a, a, a into a pit and fire a rocket launcher through a, a helicopter window to shoot Hitler in the face with a rocket. <laughs> like fucking hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why the hell not? You've you've pretty much won at this point. This is a a real long victory lap for this game. Yeah. Like, and, and like if if you if you lose, like if you fuck up, like if you don't if you don't hit the cockpit and and, and explode Hitler's head, <laughs> um then 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 you will die because he will machine gun you to death. Um but uh but yeah, no, it it makes you feel super badass. Yeah, and it's not that tricky. I got it on the second second shot. Again, it's referencing really- that, you know, I know what when you fuck up in this game, you know what you did wrong. So yeah. I, I knew how to adjust. And uh, and then you get uh, a four-frame animation of Hitler's head blowing up. Yep. <laughs> and a generation was born. Yeah, um, we can just fill the uh, show notes with just a link to that, like a gif of that, <laughs> just 20 times. I'm sure somebody on SA has that as their uh, as their avatar. I can link it from there. Yeah, but, I, uh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm sure if you found like Hitler explode biocommando.gif. <laughs> Google air search I'll to you. Like, if if yeah. no one's gift that, that that makes that's then we're living that's, in the matrix, and that's that a, that's, that's just one detail that they neglected. That's how <laughs> I can tell life is fake, and I'm actually fucking uh, uh, Togor Trout, and that uh, you're all robots because nobody's made a gift of that Hitler exploding head. So, there is no god. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just you're, you're all robots. Or no, I'm not Togor Trout. I'm Dwayne Hoover. So, yeah, there we go. How am I thinking of a Vonnegut <laughs> reference? Like, that's my entire thing. I've got to I, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say it, but I didn't. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, so you, you, uh, you destroy Hitler. He takes away all the S9 and, uh, and, uh, you get a message that says the base will explode in 60 seconds. And explode it does. If explode it does. And this is a kind of a, um, so do. How much time did you make it out of this with? Because I thought mine was pretty tight because you run into that cyborg monster again. Yeah, you run into the bionic giant and, uh, you can, you can, you can, uh, escape from him pretty easy. I escaped with about, like, maybe 15 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, I, I think I had uh, a little less than 10. I think I escaped with eight. Um, yep. one of the giants attacks is he, he has a bionic arm and he grabs you and pulls you into him to hurt you. And that kept happening as I was trying to escape, which was really cool and really, uh, yeah. uh hectic. And, and he is the, the second guy who says it's too early to feel safe. I'll kill you here. Yeah. yeah. He is willing to go down with a ship. He is not using his bionic arm to escape like you are, which <laughs> exactly. I would be doing. He is more dedicated to the cause. If this is too early to feel <laughs> safe, like should I be waiting? The, the base <laughs> is blowing up giant. Come on. <laughs> Come on, follow me out. Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's start a new life. I'm sure there's some kind of like project paperclip for you on the other side. Don't worry. <laughs> the, uh, at the, at the end. And, and so this shows a dialogue between you and, and, or a commander and a grunt. And they're like, Oh no, we had to, we have to go. The base is exploding or the Island is exploding. You know, I don't yeah. know if that's just the base, but it looks like the entire Island is exploding. We have to go. And, and I guess that kills everyone in all those neutral towns. So, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I grew so attached to them. Um, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> get get back out of here, you nerd. You nerd. Um, the uh, and so you think you're you're gonna die, but little do do they know that you you attached your bionic arm to the helicopter and you escape with Super Joe in your arms, and uh, lovingly, and you get a, lovingly nice, caressed. Uh, yep, you've made it. You get a, a a credit sequence where everyone is praising you and you're, you're the hero, and uh, and that's Bionic Commando. Yep. Yeah. So let's just put it in a guitar solo right here. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so it's so metal. Like the the ending of this game, that entire that 
as soon as Hitler comes back to life, like Hitler really <laughs> makes this game. Like just like it's not just because it's Hitler. Like I mean, I'm not trying to be you know internety, and yeah. it's just funny that it's Hitler. It's awesome because he's he's a cloned lightning god that like acts like Starman and and walks like the Terminator and yeah. you know is a naked in a tank. Like he's just he's great. Like he's yeah. great in this game. It's the best thing Hitler's ever done. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> screw those paintings yeah exactly if he was a good artist he wouldn't have done his you know hopped on the good foot and did the bad thing and because, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit so, <laughs> um, i'll leave it to you to decide if you want to edit that um <laughs> but uh but uh uh yeah that's about a commando mm-hmm. i'm kind of i'm really surprised more games didn't do didn't fuck with the platforming formula in, the, in this time. And we talked about, you know, we played DuckTales and, uh, and that's a, a kind of a close analog to this, just in that, you know, that alternative jumping mechanics, alternative mobility yeah. mechanics. But there weren't a lot of games from this time that you, you did that with. Like, can you think of, of very many more? I mean, they're like, there are different jump lengths and there are different jump heights, but off the top of my head, no. And that might just be me, you know, trying to play into your hand, you know, trying to play into your argument. Right. Um, ooh, can, can, can I point out my, 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 my new least favorite uh, gaming journalism cliche? Oh, yeah. Yes. Talking about how satisfying the locomotion is. Locomotion, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't, one of the nice things about not following gaming journalism is that I don't get to hear gaming journalism uh, cliches. Yeah. I, I heard, I heard it pop up like, it's, I've heard it pop up like a lot since like Assassin's Creed came out, mm. but, uh, but it became, it became most irritable to me last summer with, uh, with, uh, Infamous 2 and, uh, this summer with, uh, with, with Prototype 2. Mm. So, yeah. so yeah. But the, the, at the time, I, I think it, well, it plays into something that you had said um, in, in another platformer that we reviewed where you had said that, uh, uh, you know, when platformers don't have Mario, like that's been perfected. Like the jump length and the physics and, and the way jumping feels has been perfected with Mario and it's hard to have time for games that don't have it. And a way around that, I mean, if you had done this game and you jumped, like imagine this game with jumping. I can't. You know, yeah, well, it would just, there'd be no reason to play it. It would be, it'd be yeah. generic. It would be... You know, maybe a little noteworthy because of like RPG elements incorporated in the shooter, and it would still have this insane ending that was great. But if you're gonna, I mean, if you're not gonna be a Mario game, do something different. Yeah, play play a whole different game. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like literally, but because because if you try and if you try and like if you try and compete with that, you're not going to be your own thing. You're going to be a footnote in a larger text. Totally. You're going to be you're you're, you're going to be hanging around with Bubsy. Right. Totally. And 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 as much as like I don't you know I don't like Sonic games. That was the reason why one of the big reasons why Sonic succeeded is because he didn't try to beat Mario at this kind of exploratory considered, you know, pace. Like Sonic is barely a platformer, you right. know, like it, it is, a, a, you know, it's a, it's more, I mean, I don't know exactly how you'd explain the gameplay in that, in that series, but it's, I mean, it's not really about platforming the same way Mario is, right? you know, so the, uh, this is a, one of the earliest games I played that wasn't trying. There was a platformer that wasn't trying to beat Mario at his own game, and consequently, you know, way way better for it. Yeah. And I wish more of that happened in the NES era because I can think of other good NES platformers, but they're noteworthy because of other things. Like yeah, I, Castle, Castlevania comes to mind like immediately. Like Castlevania Three had amazing platforming, right. but it just wasn't in the same vein. And it wasn't that the 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 fun part was just the kind of jumping around part of that, like. It was it was satisfying, but it was considered, and that was why you know it was, it was much slower pace. Like it was you know a more intentional version of of, of Mario, or like you yeah. take a game like I have a, a deep and abiding love of uh, Little Nemo. 
like that that uh that Nintendo game, which is a weird kind of obscure game, but the uh, the jumping is not the the fun part in that. It's this weird idea of you know getting into animal skins, getting different animal abilities. Or like I love Kirby, but like if you couldn't copy animal abilities in Kirby, if it was about running and jumping, it would not be as good. So you have to add that other wrinkle. Like don't you know? And this is one of the first games I, I remember playing that did that and did it as well. I mean, and that's that's pretty much all we have to say about it. It's a great game. Go play it. It's tragic that you can't get it on a virtual console, but buy Rearmed and then play this as well. However, uh, googly means you need to. Um, because this is such a beloved classic, uh, we got a lot of listener response to this, and uh, as, as usual, we've edited these just a little bit, um, so we hope that we have the spirit of them, so we apologize if we have uh, edited anything out that you're uncomfortable with that. And I'm going to start with uh, Hong Kong from the Something Awful forums. And he says, uh, what the fuck is this shit? Are the words best used to sum up my entire life experience with Bionic Commando? I didn't have the instruction book as a kid. And goddammit, if I couldn't understand the whole no jumping thing. I didn't get it. All video games had jumping. So as a child, I asked something along the lines of, what the fuck is this shit? But probably not as vulgar. Honestly, I really appreciate the NES game. It's fun swinging around and exploding Hitler. The music is pretty good, but seems forgettable since I can't think Bionic Commando and have the music start playing in my head the same way I can with Blaster Master or Punch Out or any number of other games. Also, you explode Hitler. I didn't spend nearly as much time playing this as other games, but I had fun with it more than other video games we've done. Also, the graphics are much better than I remembered for the most part, barring some odd color choices. Also, exploding Hitler. The Albatross is hilariously easy, and as is the final escape, unlike Metroid. The translation is more painful than I remembered. Exploding Hitler, etc. Um, so yeah, exploding, exploding Hitler. I, I exploding Hitler as well. Um, <laughs> and exploding Hitler to you, good yeah. sir. <laughs> exploding. <laughs> um, yes. Oh gosh. Himmler. Um. <laughs> um, I agree with everything you said, Hong Kong, except for the music. Um, I, I, I think that the reason that I like our theme song so much is that, that, that snare cadence that, that the, uh, main theme of Bionic Commando starts out with is very similar to ours. Oh, the, like the triplets that, da, 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 yeah. Da, da, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was not intentional yeah. or anything like that. I know, no, but it's, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, like, it's, it's very emblematic, I think. Yeah. Cool. Um, also on the side, on the something off forums, we have a uh, Sizone or Size One. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her name, <laughs> so I'm very sorry to you, to you, sir or madam. Uh, but uh, Sizone says, uh, as has been mentioned several times during the podcast, platformers that don't have the Mario standard walk slash jump locomotion scheme always kind of stood out. Such an odd thing I, that I seem to recall the manual for Bionic Commando making, like painfully explicit, reference to the fact that Rad can't jump. I also seem to remember the manual, the manual writer attributing that anomaly to the extra weight of the Bionic Arm rather than the fact that in our world, no one can jump particularly high without a running start. Like NES games inhabited a common universe with shared physics. The rearmed port is kind of interesting. It's one of the better marketing tie-ins I've seen, as I'm pretty sure it outsold Bionic Commando, Mike Patton's wife arm. Its value as a device to drum up sales for the larger product, its foreshadowing might have been kind of questionable. 
uh, yes, Mike Patton did do the voice for uh, for uh, Nathan Rad Spencer mm. um, in in that game, and, and there was there was a there was a sizable digression in in the game or in in the thread rather where we were talking about uh, the need for more textual analysis uh, within games. Uh, wherein I referenced the cycle of Samsara again, being a card. Um, but Sazone then came back with a comment about what Bionic Commando is about. And I think it's uh, pretty valuable. You see, Bionic Commando was, quote, about the transition from arcade to console games. The arcade version flopped, but the console version, which shared the same name and core mechanic of the arcade game, and that it and that is it, is fondly remembered. So here you have something that was tried out first in the arcade and then honed down to console perfection. Is this the message that, is this the message the designers of Bionic Commando meant for their game to present? No, of course not. They just wanted to make a fun game where you swing on a bionic arm and blow up Hitler, but this is the meaning that the game has taken on in hindsight. The uh, I I really like the two things that, that that makes me think of is one, I didn't realize in the manual they say that you can't jump because of the extra arm of the bionic or the extra weight of the bionic arm. Um, some, some comic writers I've read when they're choosing to be subversive have, uh, characters with bionic arms trying to lift cars and then their arms being ripped from their moorings because of the extra weight. <laughs> so if you have a bionic arm, you're putting the weight of a bionic arm and a car onto yep. your like shoulder bone, more or less, you know? So of course yep. it can't handle that. Um, that's what that makes me think. Like if it was, if it's heavy enough to stop you from jumping, um, it's heavy enough to fall out of its socket. <laughs> um, but I, I, the, the line about um, NES games sharing a common universe or having a yep. common universe with shared physics, uh-huh. like that never happened. But what a compelling idea! <laughs> you know, that, like just by, based on a system, the games take place in a in a, in a same the same universe with similar physics ideas. Yeah, and, and in reality, they 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 don't share they they don't share a universe or physics. They share an expectation, right? An expectation and limitations. Yeah, you know, of, of, so like the <laughs> physics are, are limited by by the, the, the limitations of the system and the uh, expectations of, that come with it as well. The design yeah. is limited by the expectations, and the physics are limited by the limitations, but that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Further, we have uh, Sam on Facebook. He says, The most striking thing about playing Bionic Commando is how well it works without any tutorial. It would have to be the save... It might be the save states talking, but I really enjoyed trying things until I had a sense for what the game engine allowed, which is surprisingly diverse. The whole experience is the complete opposite from today's hand-holding, where uh, stop-all-play tutorial lets you know every detail about how your abilities work. A little bit of leeway would have gone a long way, though. Starting the game with zero health is a cruel learning environment. I agree. Overall, I prefer Bionic Commando's approach. Something about learning a game's mechanics and ins and outs without too much hand-holding really sparks my nerd interest. It's about taking it about and experimenting until you figure out how it all fits together. So, yeah, I would I would agree with that. And that's a, uh, you know, we've made that point before about old games, you know, the, 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 uh, the kind of sweet spot between um, over tutorial and under tutorial. And uh, I think it points this game veers a little bit too far in the opposite direction. But as far as the mechanics and the swinging and the core mechanics of the game, it does a great job of teaching you. That, that whole thing, though, with the zero health being a cruel le- learning environment, that is that is an entirely valid point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, like, I agree. Like ramp- it discourages experimentation. You know, if, yeah, you, if you're like, going to make leaps of faith and you think that there might be a pit or spikes down there, you're going to be less likely to do it. Or for, forget a pit, like a randomly spawning enemy that might come back when you swing off and cause it to scroll away, right. and then he come and then and then he comes back, and he, and you can only take one hit. Right. You, you know, like right when you need it the most, you don't have it. It's kind of like uh, there, there, there was something that I was that I read in some kind of you know how to play guitar book. You know, the 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 the, the worst thing about learning to play guitar is having to tune it when you first pick it up. 
Yeah. Like like that like that that is that has probably stopped more people from learning to play guitar than you know than 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 a lot of different aspects of 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 the thing because any idiot can play guitar. But you know you just have to go over that one hurdle. Yeah, I, I would agree, and it's a weird way that the difficulty uh, uh, kind of inversely increases because as you if you're not grinding for for extra life as the game goes on you just have more life but enemies don't necessarily do more damage to you the things that are going to kill are more likely to kill you later in the game are instant death swinging mistakes so i mean you can take a little bit more punishment as it goes but the the main source of death is is a constant it doesn't matter how many how much life you get well nicholas via email says i remember playing this when I was young, although I was quite terrible at it. I think I got about halfway through the game before other titles won my attention. I certainly had a lot of fun with how the game seemed to be different from a lot of other side-scrollers at the time. The lack of a jump button and the inability to control your trajectory through the air meant having to actually look before you left, uh, making sure there were no bullets or pits in your path. And the world map, civilian areas, and the power-ups you could gain uh, gave the game just a little bit more depth beyond just playing one level after after another, like in Contra. I even read the book, yeah, there was a book, which was certainly interesting, explaining how Jack Markson lost his arm, ninja, ninja attack, naturally, the trials of using his grappling hook, and even how he had two, exclamation mark, grappling hooks in his arm, as well as a flamethrower, if memory serves. Crazy stuff. In high school, I actually found the time to play through it using an emulator and an extensive number of save states, um, and had a lot of fun with a game that wasn't just another platformer. Later, when the remake came out on the PSN and XBLA, I picked it up in a heartbeat and had some good times with it, remembering exactly how damn hard but fun it could be. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah world's a power book. Somebody should do something with that. Yeah, somebody should really, really like like produce those in a certain way. Yeah, like, like dig like dig those back up. Yeah, um, about a week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so but the uh, but these uh, and and that's one of those things like 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 what Nick brings up is not being able to control your trajectory through midair because that's something that you take it that you take for granted because of Mario is being able to affect yourself. Whereas this is a more realistic. <sighs> It pains me to say this, but Bionic Commando is a realistic, you know, representation of something in this world, which <laughs> is the fact that after you enter the air, you cannot control the direction that you move. Right. It's the one thing that's realistic, <laughs> yeah. other than the like, you know, bullets come out of guns, and the and, fact that Hitler is floating in goo in a tank, and the electricity the powers yeah. that he had. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, not realistic. Um, the 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 death machine was actually called the Lazarus device. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was actually called Project Arcturus. Um, yeah. So, so the, uh, when you talk about not being able to uh, control your jump trajectory, that actually helps out a lot in that, uh, that pinpoint accuracy. Because yeah. if you had more agency over over your jump, forget about it. You know, like you wouldn't be able to. I mean, maybe if you could you could adjust in order to make the the swings correctly. But there, I feel like I would accidentally bone myself a, a lot of times. But you know, yeah. at that point, from, you know, from the jump. Whereas this is more about. Uh, you know, it's it's predictable. It has that predictability. Once I jump it, or once I swing, I know what's going to happen. And it frees you up to actually use when you're in the air, use your D-pad to control which which direction your uh, your, your your arm is going to go. Mm -hmm. Because you don't always want it to go out in the angle that you're that you're that you're facing. Sometimes you want it to go straight up. And finally, Gloom Mouse meows like a cat, and his anime is hell. Um, and he also has this to say about Bionic Commando. He meows. I thought the Bionic Commando made the gameplay mechanic of no jumping at all, ever, as painless and intuitive as humanly possible. 
I didn't even miss jumping by the third area, because I was having so much fun swinging around like an idiot and slamming into walls, slash enemies, slash spikes, slash everything. The difficulty of swinging ramped up steadily as the game went on, but I don't think it ever got to Nintendo hard levels of bullshit, with just a couple of exceptions. The music was great as well, uh, though not as memorable as Master Blaster, maybe. But then again, what is? Something Awful Board loves the Master Blaster music. They do. Yeah, and I, I like the Master Blaster music, but it's not a uh, didn't have as big an effect on me. Um, <clears throat> Battle Commando has three different modes of play. Uh, the main game, or your typical side-scrolling stuff, Sam's jumping. But the map encounters are top-down and vertical, and it has a traversable world map. An inventory system, multiple weapons, character named Super Joe, and Exploding Hitler. If this was an indie game on Steam, it would be lauded as a masterpiece. It was made 24 years ago. God, I feel old. And y'all like a cat. Anime as hell. So y'all like a cat. Anime as hell. 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 Yeah. So so now you very much. Yeah, well, you uh, you you know the truth in in that like you you talk about swinging around like an idiot. There were multiple times where I felt like saying "we" while, while I was swinging in this game, and I don't know if I could say that for other games. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so go 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 nyad on the mountain, blue mouse. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Moses is anime as hell. Nyad on the mountain. We're we're going to revive Master D, which of course stands for Master Delib- Deliberation, and uh, come back. Uh, once we have the plans for our, you know, world domination. Okay, so you, you've made it all here, and that's unfortunate because uh, I'm almost completed Project Arcturus. The, uh, the Lazarus device is ready to take flight, and uh, we decided that we don't need Master D anymore. Um, we figured out how to do it without him. So I'm ready to tell you that... Stop the... everything! What the... We have emerged from our take with a decision on the triumph of the will... <laughs> that's very specific. Ah! <laughs> uh, electric powers, all that. Um, going to hell. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's not like you keep making references if we're saying really bad things. Like Capcom made the game, <laughs> uh, but, but like you know, it's not like we we can make jokes about about the game, and we didn't. Uh, it's no no more disrespectful than actually doing the thing we're making fun of. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, significantly less. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so who did we decide? Uh, who did Master D, Master Deliberation, decide to give? Master, Master Deliberation has decided to give to Sazone. Um, <laughs> we both really like this idea of, uh, you know, it kind of came as part of a larger discussion about, uh, you know, English majoring on games. But this idea of, you know, Bionic Commando being this distillation of the idea of a, a, a console being the kind of uh, platonic version of a game, you know, and that being what he brought to it, which I really like. And I also really like this idea of uh, consoles having this kind of shared universe based on expectations and limitations, you know, in, in their physics. Two ideas that kind of fired our imagination, and uh, that earns you a prize. Yes, sir, it does. And that prize is actually something we can buy you, which Finally. is fantastic. Yeah, so and, and, as, as usual... If, you don't, if you're not interested in it or already have it, let us know. We're not going to hold <laughs> yeah. you to it. But, uh, 
Yeah, if you'd like, we would love to buy you a copy of Sacrifice. Yes, which is a game you can get on GOG.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally for the PC, came out back uh, back uh, towards the uh, uh, first part of this century. Uh, it is a real-time strategy action game that I am playing through right now. It was developed by Shiny, so you know it has a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you're listening to this show, I know that you have a good sense of humor as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, uh, that is the game that you can get. We can get it to you. So get in contact with us. And uh, we'll probably call you out on the boards and uh, let you know what's up. And uh, after that, we are doing Sword of Mana, which is a uh, a remake of, is it Final Fantasy Legend or Adventure? Final Fantasy Adventure, although I can't blame you for getting confused. Yes, they, they, they share a lot of the same title. Um, it is a remake of Final <laughs> Fantasy Adventure, um, and it is available on the GBA, um, and not on any kind of virtual console service through 3DS or anything, but it's cheap to, to get at an actual uh, half.com or GameStop. So, yep. Yep. It is it is really cheap. I got my copy for uh, for ten dollars on the the rainforest. So yeah, yeah. So easy and, to get a hold of. And if you're going to do that, go to uh, slash amazon We get a little kickback from that, and uh, you can uh, you can help support the uh, the network that way. Yeah, appreciate that. And then after that, we're going to do one. Um, we alluded to it a little bit last time, um, but uh, this is the one that's going to get us in trouble with about one third of the internet. Uh, but we are going to dedicate the entire month of August to playing Earthbound. Yes, Earthbound, which, uh, strangely, for as much as Cole and I both uh, love JRPGs, uh, neither of us have, have played, played the game. So I'm super psyched about that. And it's going to be another uh, two-parter. Um, usually when we do these long role-playing games, that makes the most sense. If if you know the, 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 the proper point at which to cut this in half, please like drop us a line. Oh, totally. Like, That's uh, a good idea to ask the audience. Yeah. Because I, I assume most people who are listening to this, not most, but enough of you have played it. So um, yeah. whenever, you know, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to end up looking at, like, game facts and the table of contents and just kind of guessing. And yeah, uh, that and does not always work. That could really bone us. Um, so, like, there, there, this isn't, like, a Planescape kind of thing where one of us can be the Sherpa. Um, we're, like, we're, we're both going to be going into this one blind. Right. So we're going to rely on you, uh, constant listener, to, uh, to guide us. Cool. Uh, cool. Is this a, the first game we've done that neither of us have played? Uh, possibly? I think it is. I, th- I think it might be. Honestly, yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. Like, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I played a little bit of it before, but I haven't played it all the way through. Yeah, I, my my the pro tip I got from uh, my friend Nick is that um, that first area is balls hard, and you have to kill every enemy you can to get through the first boss. And after that, okay. it becomes like a normal game. But I know that's definitely where I got discouraged when I first played it. Was it was just a little yeah, me, in the beginning. Yeah, like me too. Like I just uh, I got. I got to the point where you find the meteor and I like, I gave up at every point. I've started it about 10 times, but I've started it several times too, but this time I'm yeah. committed to, uh, to finishing it. And uh, yeah, super looking forward to that. And it's going to be, you know, I, I can't wait to hear what people say about it. Cause if, if any, this game has one of the most passionate communities uh, based around it, on a, yeah. if not the, um, tragically this game is unavailable and never will be. So quit asking about <laughs> it to, to other people. But um, yeah. I think this is one of the most widely Googled games and yeah. uh, is pretty pretty acceptable to Google. So. so we will not look down on you for that. Nope. Um, and then after that, we're going to uh, – it's going to be the first year anniversary of, uh, of, of our program, and we're going to do our special anniversary show uh, that we've been talking about. It's going to be a grab bag. We've yet to decide on the topic, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but I'm sure it's going to be a, a hilarious um, variety show with special guests and musical acts. Right, right. And, and the uh... – um, we, we talked about a couple of different things. One of the things was uh, talking about um, some games that aren't long enough to to do an entire episode about. Um, we talked about like uh, listener questions, things like that. If you have, uh, we have some ideas in mind, but if you have suggestions, we'd love to hear them. 
um, and, uh, you know, things you want to talk about. And it'll probably be a, a long one, but we're just super happy to have done this for a year and see how the show has grown. And uh, I'm really excited about kind of celebrating that. Cool. Um, so that's all that we're comfortable announcing, although um, I, I can say that behind the scenes, we, we have done an extensive amount of planning um, for, you know, for, for, for what we're going to be doing for the, re- you know, for the rest of the year, that shouldn't stop you from suggesting games though. Um, and the ways that you can do that and also the ways that you can, um, kind of get in contact with us about the games that we are playing. Um, if you have opinions about sacrifice or sword of mana or earthbound, I'm sure you have an opinion about <laughs> earthbound. Uh, you can reach us at one of these many following ways. Uh, first and foremost, you can uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, that is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Uh, there's a thriving community there that is getting more active um, every single day. I would like to see us hit 100 fans here in the in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, very recently, I was the 100th fan of uh, another podcast uh, by Something Awful. A group of people uh, called Ninjas Versus Podcast, and uh, they gave us some plugs, so I want to plug them. So they beat us to 100 fans. Um, I'm not exactly that bitter about it, um, but uh, we need to get there. Um, uh, we're, we're on trajectory to, to do so. We're, we're experiencing some good good growth. Yeah. Um, um, I would love to hear a voicemail, especially now that we're going into Earthbound. I mean, I just I want to hear oh, yeah. people. I mean, I'm not, you know, we joke about getting death threats and stuff about this. I don't think it's going to come to that. But, you know, somebody, somebody you know, Xbox Live us and call Somebody yeah. say ghastly things about us, please. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can use our voicemail for that, which Cole's going to say yeah. the number here in a moment. It is 419-834-WOFF. Yep. Um, I don't know the numbers that correspond to that, but like, it doesn't even have to be substantial. Like if you just want to, if you just want to call in and say like, Hey, I'm glad you're doing earthbound. We can pepper those throughout the three, you know, throughout the, uh, throughout the episode. Right. And, and especially if, if you feel, feel like, you know, when we read the comments, like we're not presenting you well or uh, anything like that, like that's definitely your chance to, to do that in your own words. Um, the other way that you can do it just, you know, real quick, if you want to write some, you know, longer form stuff into us, you can go to duckfeed.tv slash contact, fill out the form there, or you can email us at watch out for fireballs at duckfeed.tv. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's probably about what we got. Uh, so make sure that your wife isn't your arm. Yeah. And that's, um, that's something to do. And if you were uh, born a little bit earlier, one other thing you should make, make sure of is if you're swinging over a, a pit of flames, there'll probably be balls of fire coming out of the, those flames. And uh, in that case, you should be sure to watch out for fireballs. Yes. sex but i could also use some cocaine some dark chocolate a pizza and a bottle of gin yeah, anyway, you play super metroid <laughs> <while I was> <laughs>